you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today because I have a great interview for you that is going to be full of inspiring stories on how to make pivots, how to go out and build your network, even if you are introverted and shy and feel awkward in certain conversations, and how to leverage social media to build your brand. Uh, Today, I'm talking with my very good friend, Lauren V. Davis. Lauren is a social media and personal brand strategist. She's someone I've become very good friends with over the last couple of years after first meeting at a personal brand conference in London and then hanging out at other conferences on trips. I hired Lauren to run social media for my first conference, the Talent Development Think Tank, back in January of 2020. She did a fantastic job. I cannot recommend her work highly enough. And uh, she had to make a lot of big pivots during 2020. And actually, before 2020, uh, she has a great story of how she went out and started building her network and her brand, and then had to make a lot of big pivots during 2020. We dive into all those stories, as well as get her advice on social media. And instead of just getting her advice, I actually ask her to look at my social media and coach me on how I use it, and then also give some other tips, uh, mostly around how to leverage Instagram to build your brand. So if you're interested in any of those things, you're going to want to check this out. As usual, you can find out everything going on with our podcast, with my book, with the journal, uh, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. Just go to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com. The book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, is available on Amazon as well as the companion journal. Highly recommend you check that out if you haven't already. If you have, make sure you leave a review both for the book and the podcast and send those to me so we can give you our thanks. Uh, and we give prizes every now and then for people who leave reviews. So I really appreciate all of the support. And let me know if you have any questions or feedback. And without further ado, here is my interview with Lauren V. Davis. Lauren Davis, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on. I think you are such a masterful networker and such an amazing friendship in my life. And I have always been impressed with your ability to make everyone you talk to feel truly special. So thank you for having me on your podcast today. Wow. Uh, We are starting off on the right foot. (laughs) It almost sounds like I prepped you and I was like, listen. When we start this interview, you're required to say something nice about me before we get, but we did not do that. That came, that was unprompted and unprovoked. Um, I want to say, um, I really appreciate that. And uh, you know how much I really appreciate you. And I think you are a wonderful master networker and friend. And, you know, I think it's easy to say like, oh, someone's a good networker. They're good at going out and meeting people, but you are really good at building meaningful relationships. And, and I know so many people that just love and adore you. And it's because you're so helpful and you're so kind and you're so generous with everybody you meet. Uh, let's just start there because part of the show is, is about helping people with networking as well as building a personal brand. And by the way, we're going to get into branding um, because you are a personal brand and social media strategist. And I want to get into that. And you're actually going to coach me a little bit on, on what I do. Um, but thinking about things from a networking perspective, some people get really strategic. Some people are just, it's kind of natural. Do you think about that and your approach when you go out? Cause I know you go to a lot of conferences or you did before COVID and you meet a lot of people. Are you like strategic at all? And like, I got to make sure I meet certain people and, and make sure that I'm nice to them. So they like me, or is it just kind of happen for you? Oh gosh, this is such a good question. I am pretty awkward by default. Like (laughs) (laughs) I really am. Like I I'm not I don't wanna I don't wanna downplay myself like that's a like I'm being self-conscious about it. That's but that's that's actually what had to change in me is that when I owned my awkwardness. That's when I stopped worrying about networking. So I, I am introverted. I love being alone. I love charging up alone. I also like hanging out with people, but it kind of depletes my energy. So I choose wisely. I choose which conferences I go to and which events I go to wisely. And 
when I would go to these conferences several years ago, I would show up and I would be excited to be there. And then I would just kind of be frozen. because I was like, wow, all of these people are cooler than me. You know, I don't know anything about them. I just assume in my head, <laughs> they're yeah. cooler than me, of course, you know, and they're, and, and I would go to, I would even speak at a conference or speak on stage and come off the stage and be astounded that people you know, continued to want to talk to me after they just heard me talk for an hour. <laughs> so, but what happened was I was like, gosh, I'm just so terribly awkward inside my head. And I'm not the most refined person that you'll find in the room. I'm not wearing like a perfectly curated outfit or my hair is never perfect, you know? And I, I thought that those things were like my downfalls. And one time I was talking to a coach a few years ago and he was like, honestly, I think that, that your, your slight awkwardness or what you feel is awkwardness is actually kind of one of your superpowers because mm. you're very disarming to people. Yes. And when they talk to you, he, he was like, that's why whenever people talk to you, they end up telling you their entire life story because you are mm. a person that they feel super comfortable with. And I think you just should lean into that awkwardness. And once I did everything about networking became much more open to me and much many more doors were open to me. And now I get booked to speak often to master classes on stages. I show up to networking events, still a little worried, of course, and still want to find a buddy or look for familiar faces in the room. But I feel a lot more confident in the fact that my awkwardness is who I am. And I'm okay with that. Yes, I love that leaning into it. And and using that as your charm that people are like, well, she's not intimidating. I feel like I can tell her things and she's not going to judge me, right? Because when we go out there, we all have challenges and anxieties and things we're dealing with. And if we're honest, right, we're always afraid that people are going to judge us for, for stuff if we tell them things. And when you look at someone and you say like, she's a friend, like I know that whatever I tell her, she's going to be supportive then it disarms people, like you said, and makes them willing to, and I had that, I felt that way right away when I met you. And by the way, that, that story, I always love, right. You and I met um, at a conference really before a conference in London in 2018, Uh, Mm -hmm. our mutual friend, Kate Erickson introduced us via email and we were both going to the Upreneur Summit in London. And uh, I think we said, uh, cool, let's meet up. And uh, we did and ended up like spending a day touring London together But what's funny about this story is that I tried to cancel on you because I was just feeling awkward about it. I was like, I don't know this person. Like I want to meet up with him, but I'm not sure. Like I, you know, he seems really friendly. I just don't know if I'm up for like socializing right now. And I tried to cancel and I was like, I think I'm going to get some work done in my room. And you were like, you texted me back. You're like, I don't know. It's your first day in London. I don't know you very well. And I don't want to be pushy, but I think you should really come out. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. looking out for your best interest, Lauren. <laughs> that solidified our friendship for the rest of eternity. You're so. like, this guy's a jerk, but I guess I'll go find out what he's about. And we ended up spending the day together in London and the whole conference together and um, really hit it off. But you are disarming and we've, we've spent conferences together. Uh, we spent uh, a long layover together at SFO, just yeah. like opening up and sharing things, right? And, and yeah. trusting each other, which is really cool. And I was also going to tease you because you said you're an introvert. You like being alone. But I have been with you multiple times at bars after conferences where I have actually tried to get up and go back to my room. And you were like, nope, you can't go. You have to stay here. One more drink. I'm like, what? Why? It's so late. Because obviously I'm an, I'm an early uh, to bed early to rise kind of guy. And uh, you like to keep the party going. I and do. So that's, that's always a struggle for me, but you've kept because me Because if late. I'm out, I have to, I have to get all of the outness. I'm, I'm, you know, out of my way. Like I have to spend that time out and about. Cause I know once I get back, I'm just going to be completely exhausted and it's going to be hard to get me out again. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, with, you know, the way you have gone out there um, and built this network, you know, with the charming, disarming um, personality, right. That we talked about it's, it's impressive as I go deeper into entrepreneurship and personal development world and branding and all the stuff that we're in um, you have friendships with so many different influential people 
it's been really cool to see and you get opportunity to speak at all these conferences, you host your own conference. Um, every time I talk to you, I find out something else impressive that you've been doing. Um, I'm curious too, like you also, you go to a lot of these conferences and I know, I know now because of all these friendships, you get invited to speak or you get invited to be there as like a VIP, or you might be working with one of the speakers. And so they want you to come along and take pictures and stuff like that. Um, but early on, it sounds like you, you made the choice and the investment to say, Hey, I'm going to invest time and thousands of dollars in going to these conferences, including one in London, which I'd never been to before. Um, how do you make that decision? Cause that, that's a big part of you going out and building that network. I thank you for asking me questions. I've never answered before, uh, out loud. You're so when I, this is a story that is a little, a little deeper than just surface level. But when I, um, I, I was always very frustrated with myself that I never got a, uh, higher education degree than an associate's degree. And it's not something I talk about often because when I was growing up, I thought the only way to be successful in life was to have a bachelor's degree or higher. Yeah. So I constantly would beat myself up about that throughout life, even though I owned a record store, even though I, I, I helped start a nonprofit with local business owners, even though I ran a social media conference, that doesn't matter. Like all of those things didn't matter because that was one of those limiting beliefs in my head. Um, and so at some point in like maybe five or six years ago, um, maybe four or five years into my marketing business, I said to myself, well, I love going to conferences. I, the few that I had been to regionally, I had driven to or, or went to in Chicago or Bloomington, Illinois, a few different places. I was like, I would really like to one plan a conference in my hometown, but I would also like to go to more conferences and learn because I love learning. I love school. And I flipped the switch in my head and I said, Hey, if I can't get a bachelor's degree, because I just truly didn't have time with my businesses and everything going on. And I was like, if I didn't, don't have a bachelor's degree, maybe I could switch how I think about that degree and just go attend conferences instead. Mm -hmm. So I decided that year that I would go to social media marketing world, which is the largest social media conference in the U S and I had no one to go with. I did not know one person going. I didn't, I, I really, it was just the idea I had. I was like, should I travel alone? Well, I, my husband can't come with me. I don't have any friends to really necessarily go. So I just bought the ticket and I was like, I'm just going to go, got myself an Airbnb in a safe spot and decided I'm going to just go alone and figure this out by myself. And I did. And I ended up meeting friends that year that I'm still good friends with today. And yeah. we talk every single week, like Carrie, who you met, actually, that's, I yeah. met her the first night I was in San Diego. Then I started booking more conferences. I booked Upreneur. I went and I met you there. I met Bob Gentle, our friend. And like all of these different things, all of these different scenarios kind of opened these doors and connected me with great people. And that is how I started. But that's how I made that investment was I had to think in my head, you know, what's really important to me? Learning is really important to me. If I really boil down why I was frustrated that I didn't get to go to back to school. It had to do with money. And it also had to do with me feeling like I wanted to learn more and I never got the opportunity to learn more about the subjects that I was very passionate about. So if I could boil that down, realize what I really wanted was to just learn a lot more. The way to invest in my learning was through conferences and through learning through these um, great great facilitators and teachers. And that's how I created the space for myself to invest in myself that way. And that became your degree, essentially, right? That's your investing in your learning, your network. And and people go to school, to college, uh, ostensibly to get a degree and learn. But one of the biggest benefits is to build a network, go meet people, right? You meet a lot of people at school and you're doing that at these conferences. And the cool thing about the conferences, like you don't get to meet other people who are doing the same thing as you, which is awesome. You get to meet the speakers, people you would never get to spend time with. They're usually hanging out. Um, and I want to give you credit too, because social media marketing world, 
I've been there with you um, after the first one you went to. And that's not like some little thing, like 15 people in a room. That's like 5,000 people for an yeah. introvert to walk into that room and go make some friends. Like that's intimidating. That's huge. Yeah. And I just, I've always just done that. Like if there's something that scares me, I kind of lean into it and I, I dive in instead of it's, it's actually, it's become quite a game. It's become really fun to lean into things that really scare me. And I have to say that the networking side of it, that was super important to me, but it was a side effect of me going there to learn. And then Honestly, that first year I went, I had no idea that this year in 2020, I'd be teaching, I'd be speaking on stages. I had no idea how my previous experience with my nonprofit or with my local brick and mortar business benefited my marketing business so greatly. All of these things came together as I started learning to invest in myself and learning to follow what my passions were and really go forth and do the things that I was really excited about. So I never set out for like the idea behind me going to these conferences was not so I could meet speakers and speak on stage and become an influencer just like them. I wasn't out to figure out how to make the best connections in the room necessarily. I just wanted to go there because I wanted to do better for my clients and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to feel really confident in my knowledge. And to this day, that's still how I go through business and life is I really want to be confident and about the things I'm teaching people. So you can always believe that if I teach you something, I've studied the crap out of it first. Mm. So that way I know I'm giving you the best information. I love that. So you're true to the, the uh, disarming self that we talked about. So <laughs> humble. I'm, I'm going here to learn. I'm not trying to do all these things, but then they come your way because you build relationships. People know how knowledgeable you are. You've invested the money and the time and going out and learning. And I love what you said about if something scares you, you, you go jump in and do it. I'm a big fan of that. Um, you know, for many years, I've been adopted the mantra starve your fears because I let fear hold me back for many years from doing things I wanted to do. And I realized that if you want to follow your dreams and achieve big things and overcome scary things, you just have to do it most of the time. You got to do the first thing and get the, get the rep, get the experience, and then do the next thing. You got to go to the first conference, then go to the next conference and go to the next thing or, or whatever it is, book the first call with somebody and just start having that conversation because that experience is going to build confidence, which allows you to go off and do it again and again. And I'm not perfect. And I will say that there's certain things I don't lean into, of course. And, you know, nobody, nobody can do everything. So, and we, we both know this and we both know some of our, each of our own vulnerabilities too, but (laughs) I, uh, I don't want you to think that if you don't always lean into fear, you're not doing it right. You just have to you have to just get a little bit uncomfortable every once in a while. And every time you do, you grow. Most growth comes from getting outside of your comfort zone. And uh, yeah, I think my, one of my faults or vulnerabilities is that I, I think that I can do everything. And then that sometimes backfires because I try to do too much. Um, yes. You know, one of the things, and by the way, you've done, I love how you have you've basically covered a lot of important um, advice that I give in my book by just living it and what you're talking about. Another thing that I talk about in the book is the importance of seeing challenges as opportunities and being willing to pivot when you need to, because challenges are always going to come up, right? So 2020 has been a big challenge for everybody, right? The, the COVID-19 global pandemic affected all of us, uh, but you were running a record store, which is an in-person business. You were building a business as a you know social media strategist that was kind of built on you going to a lot of conferences, I think, and, and working with people at conferences. And uh, right before COVID-19, you launched a podcast called the Business Event Playbook podcast about hosting live events, of which I was a guest on your podcast, very appreciative after I hosted my first conference. And obviously COVID changed everything. And I know you've been working on some pivots. And uh, I just want to hear from you, like, what has that process been like for you and how have you pivoted or reacted to the pandemic? So I'll start with the first side of that, which is the record store. Um, It's a record store and it's a gift store with purposeful gifts. So that's something that we've always done uh, right. In my opinion is that from the beginning of time, we've always carried small independent companies And we've always carried gifts that give back or that have some kind of story or purpose behind them. 
because we want people to essentially vote with their dollars for the world they want to see. And that was the way that we could do that is through creating an environment for that, a retail environment for that. And then we obviously sell records. So the first thing we did with our retail store is we got our online shop going for vinyl. So if you are a vinyl collector anywhere in the U.S. now, you can actually purchase vinyl online from a small local record store just like ours um, at cultureshockshop.com. Shameless plug. But it's it's a good, it was a good lesson for us um, in in what we had as our own limiting belief. We thought, you know, we don't have time for a record store online. We are focused on our in-store customers. But what we learned through this pandemic is that we can do both. We can actually have an online store that serves our customers. And most of the people ordering from our online store are, are our customers that have moved away or gone somewhere else or that really enjoy our YouTube channel where we review music every Thursday. So there's a lot of ways in which we are still showing up for our customer base online and also in the store. So when our store was able to open back up and not just do curbside pickup anymore, we could welcome our in-store customers back in at a limited pace and also have our online store. So if people didn't feel comfortable coming in, they could also order online. So that was a big deal for us as a retail store. We had a website, we just didn't have an e-commerce website. Um, the second way that we that I adapted was, yeah, I couldn't go to conferences anymore. And that was really sad. It was more of like an emotional sadness for me because I, so many of my friends now have come from all over the country, all over the world actually, and I've met them through these wonderful conferences. And for some of us, like that's the time when we meet up throughout the year is at these conferences, right? So I was kind of, man, I had some really sad, dark days where I was like, man, I'd be at this conference right now if, or I'd be at this mastermind or this workshop if it weren't for the pandemic. But that just made me dig a little deeper into the friendships I do have. And Honestly, I've been I've been inspired by you, Andy, because every once in a while I'll, I'll wake up and I have, I have this text on my phone about like some gratitude text about me. And I'm like, geez, you're so nice, you know, like and I have a feeling you send texts like that to people often, you know, telling people how that they're a good friend or that you're inspired by them. And so I kind of took that and I I made my own thing out of it and I've made sure to either write down something I'm thankful for every day or send someone a nice text, send someone a nice note. I find it wakes me up actually in the morning to do that, to send someone something. And it also made made me feel more connected to the people that I would have been connected to at these conferences and brought us a little bit more closer. I also opened up myself for all of the local businesses in my city and my community. I said, you know, let me know any way I can help. Like if I, you can call me, you can text me text me literally anytime I gave my number to the whole nonprofit, like in an email that I send out to them. I was like, if you have any, you know, issues, text me. I made resources for them because I find that as a, as a helper type of personality that when I can't help people, I feel useless. And so talking to a good friend, he said, you know, when I feel helpless or when I feel like I can't do anything, I just create something. And so that's what I did. We, I started creating resources and doing whatever I could to be open to local businesses. Um, the third way I adapted is with this podcast. So the podcast was about live events, which obviously this is not happening right now. And who knows how it will happen in the future. I honestly didn't, I, I would have um, pounded my head against the wall if I had to talk about virtual events one more time on this podcast. Like, no offense to virtual events. I think no. virtual events are really cool, especially if they're done right. I just didn't want to have a whole podcast about pivoting to virtual events. That's yeah. not my passion. So, really, I, what I, when I thought about it and I broke it all down, I said, what do I really love talking about? And I'm very nerdy about social media marketing and how that relates to personal branding. So I pivoted my podcast to be more about personal branding space, more about using digital marketing for personal branding. 
And I am really excited because that just relaunched. Yes. I, and all of those things, you know, not the easiest. And I know there were a lot of challenges and hard times. And I've been through mine with the pandemic as well. Um, but again, like, I think you're reinforcing a lot of the stuff that I love to talk about. You know, I talk about in the book is that seeing these challenges as opportunities, what I, I always, uh, three questions I like to ask, you know, what's great about this? What can I learn from this? And what does this make possible? And this kind of pushed you into moving the business online and creating that. So you'll have both of those channels later um, into connecting and helping more people in your town and outside and to pivoting this podcast and business and getting more into the social media strategy, which I think as an outside observer, you know, you and I texted a little bit about this. I, I see how you feed off of and get energy from helping others. And I think it's great for you to be in a business where you can be helping people all the time. Um, Cause I think you're, that's going to make you feel happier just like it does for me as well. And it's, it's all, all the reason go back to what lights you up, right? What do you like? What do you enjoy doing? And can you move towards a business or career that allows you to do more of that. And I love that question. What does this make possible? Because I truly asked myself that exact question throughout this entire year. Like mm -hmm. I've been asking myself that all the time, every time I get stuck and what does this make possible? What did closing the doors of culture shock make possible? It made it possible for us to get our website together and to understand how that would work in relation to our in person business. What does it make possible that this pandemic is switching a podcast over from an event podcast to a question mark? Like I didn't know what it could make possible, but I really, it got me to think. And I honestly said to myself, like, Hey, I already started this podcast. I have amazing, like, I have been blessed to have the most amazing guests on like my first 15 episodes. Yeah. Crazy, amazing guests. And I can't just give it up. I can't just shut the podcast down because thing because of a, this pandemic. Like I hate that this is happening all around the world, but there's got to be something else that it makes possible or makes time and space for me to do. And so that's what that's what I've been asking myself this whole time. And I love that that's in your book. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. So you mentioned social media. We're gonna get into some social media strategy and. We were talking before and, you know, we could do the kind of standard interview where I ask you for your top tips on social media and things like that. Uh, by the way, along the way in this journey, I almost forgot, you also launched a free Facebook community uh, to help people with social media. And it like blew up mega quick because everybody knew that you're like the authority on this. And I personally thought it was ridiculous that you were offering this for free and you still offer great tips and stuff in there. There's so much value in there. Um, so maybe just quick, quickly before we get into more social media, like why did you start that and what has come out of that for you? Yeah. So that actually, I came, <laughs> let me start this, that over. I started that because while we were all sitting at home and wondering what we could do next, I noticed a lot of businesses suddenly had time for social media, but they were confused at how to start or what what to do on social media, what to post. And so I thought, why not offer just the basics to a lot of business owners who just have questions about Facebook, questions about Instagram, you know? So there, what happened was I posted about it once on Facebook, I posted once on Instagram and people just started inviting tons of others from all over the place to this Facebook group. And it turned out to be this amazing, super vibrant Facebook group. And it's, it's thriving even right now, new people every day coming to it and asking great questions and just being in a very, very supportive, well-rounded, exciting community where we all feel comfortable asking those questions about social media. And I answer them when I can. If I can't answer them, I pull in one of my expert friends to answer. And it's been great. So I've only promoted it once on Facebook or Instagram. I just... To me, that's just insane. And yeah. I've put it on in my stories a few times, but not, I haven't really gone out of my way to promote it. And it's been right. really exciting to see it grow. I can't wait until I actually start promoting it. So yeah. if anyone wants to join that, it's called Understanding Social Media Marketing for Entrepreneurs. Yeah. And how many people are in there right now? Do you know? Around 300. That's amazing. Um, yeah. People jumped on it right away. I jumped on it right away. 
great conversations, questions. Um, you post tips, all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff in there on different about different platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. uh, email marketing, all kinds of stuff that, you know, some people listening to this, I'd be like, I need to dive into that. Others, like, I just want to do a little bit of social media uh, It's helpful for all those. So speaking of social media, we're going to dive into social media. As I was saying, I could do a traditional, like, let me ask you for your top 10 tips on Instagram and things like that. We thought that it might be interesting to turn the tables here and do a, a little coaching session because you do strategy sessions with clients. And I know you didn't prepare for this because uh, I just threw this at you at the last minute. But I also know because we're good friends, we follow each other very closely on social. Um, we see what, you know, you see what I'm creating. So if you're coaching me right now on my social media strategy, and as we record this, I'm getting ready to launch the book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. If you're listening to it, the book is out. Uh, obviously, I've got to be doing a lot of marketing on social media to build that presence. Um, what do you see so far that I do really well on social media? And what could I maybe improve on so I could get better? Okay, this is really fun. Like you said, we did not prepare this coaching call at all. So I've not done the same amount of preparation I would do if I was hired to do this. But <clears throat> One thing I think you do very well is you keep the conversation going on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, you use a lot of, you do a lot of questions for people. People ask, like to give you their input. They trust that you are asking these questions for good reason. We've all seen those influencers who kind of put out questions that you're, you're kind of like, is this? does he really want to know or yeah. does she really want to know this? Or is this just to stir up engagement? Yeah, and your question, leading question to get it, get you to sign up for their webinar or something like that. Right? Yeah. And your questions feel very genuine. They feel very relevant and timely and people like to answer them. And they, the comment section is wild with answers, like there's so many answers. So I, I, love, I love how anything can turn into a debate. Like just yesterday, I, I asked people if they prefer to use lines or not lines in their journals and like yeah. everybody's all over the place. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I even answered that one. I felt very validated by answering that question. I don't, you know, you've got however many friends, but that goes to show that asking people relevant questions mm. and keeping the conversation going really does you know, it really does affect people in a positive way if they feel that you care about their opinion. Now, what I would be interested to know is, do you ever put those questions in your Instagram stories? No, I don't. Um, I, I, even though I, you know, I do a fair amount of Instagram stories, but I don't yeah. put nearly the effort into, I know that you do, because yours are like 10 times more beautiful than mine. <laughs> but <laughs> um I never put questions in there. And um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, I am afraid that nobody's going to answer. For some reason, I just know on Facebook, people are going to answer my questions most mm -hmm. of the time. And on Instagram stories, I'm like, ah, nobody's going to stop and answer my questions. And number two, um, I don't know if, what to do with it because I, you know me, I'm running around doing a million things. And I'm like, I don't know if I don't have time to go back and do the like repost the question in a story and, and create uh, another story around that. So I feel like I, I could be creating more work for myself that maybe I don't want to do, even though it's one of my favorite things to do is create more work for myself. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think, so here's my thought. I don't, this is, this is, uh, from a purely engagement standpoint, let's say you post one of those questions using the question sticker inside mm -hmm. Instagram. And so just for reference, give me an example of one of the questions that you that you asked, like, tell me the question you had about lined or dotted journals. So what I posted yesterday, because I'm, I've been working on a companion journal for my book on your career, on your life, which is out now on Amazon. Uh, and the journal is on Amazon as well. Um, I, I was looking back at journals that I have been using. And I asked people, for those of you who use a journal uh, with prompts, do you prefer it to have lines or blank space so that you can just write anywhere? And of course, people were all over the place. On the yeah, they had lots of opinions. Two strong camps and a, and a few people in the middle who said, I like dotted lines. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what I would do is I would put that same type of, that same question in a story, use that question sticker in your Instagram story and let people answer. And let's say five people answer it. 
one, you don't have to share their answers whatsoever. So you don't have to, if you're worried about making time for that, you don't have to share their answers. Two, Instagram gives you the ability to reply with a message just back to that person. So this is why this matters, even if it's three people that answer your question. You can, one, not share the answers, but you can direct people in your story to go check out your Facebook page and say, you can find a lot more of people's answers over there, but I really want to know what you, what you think right here on Instagram. Please let me know. Yeah. Okay. So you can send people over there to see more answers. You can wait to see what kind of answers you get in Instagram and if you want to share them or not. But what happens is you can message the person who sent you back an answer and keep the conversation going in your direct messages. Mm. And from a purely engagement standpoint of, of how the Instagram algorithm works, the Instagram algorithm favors people that you have built up a relationship with. Mm. So that's why whenever I post content or I post a story, you see it because you and I talk on Instagram. Oh yeah, you're always at the top of my... Instagram. Yeah, that's because you're paying attention to my content because Instagram algorithms, the Instagram algorithm, the Instagram algorithm is smart enough to know that you and I are friends. Mm. So not just following each other, because, you know, there's plenty of people you follow that you don't keep up with. Right. And there's plenty of people who follow you that you don't keep up with. Right. So if you can keep the conversation going in the direct messages, Oh, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel so strongly about dotted lines? Hmm. Why do you feel so strongly about lines? Do, yeah, what about yeah. if you want to doodle? Like lots of different questions to keep the conversation going. Now this person that follows you has had a couple messages back and forth with you. And now your content is going to show up more often in front of them than if you had never had that conversation. Right. So just like any other platform, the engagement is really important. And it, and it, and it counts to have that one-on-one -on -one engagement over a direct message. Absolutely. It direct messages are like even more important than keeping it going in the comments. Okay, cool. Um, my other question for you would be how, like, what is your engagement strategy like on Instagram versus LinkedIn versus Facebook? So for me, um, where we are today, uh, I see LinkedIn as being very strategic, um, posting things often that are complimentary, supporting my business and what I'm doing. Um, definitely a connection engagement strategy to connect with a lot of people, build relationships and get phone calls with potential clients, things like that. Um, Facebook has always been fun, have interesting conversations, show off what's going on in my life. Um, start, ask a lot of questions and start conversations, use it to um, gain knowledge from like thinking about what am I, what does my network think about this? So like yesterday was about the journals. Today I quest asked, uh, how do you feel about going to live events right now or in 2021. And we had people who said, absolutely not. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. And then a lot of people in between, right? So it, that is, a, I'm fascinated by humanity and I love that everybody has their own personal opinions. And um, so I like seeing that. Instagram, I have no idea what I'm doing. I am just, uh, you know, posting pictures sometimes. I do a lot of stories. To me, stories is, behind the scenes, show off what's going on in your life. And that's kind of the yeah. way I treat it. And I find a lot of people follow that stuff and they're like, oh, I see you're doing this and you're doing that. You're always doing so many things. Uh, so I think that serves me pretty well, although it's not necessarily promoting my business or anything like that, but it's building the brand. Yeah. It's building your personal brand. And just like, um, you know, it's hard to think of a personal brand like a celebrity because some people are much like are on this, like, playing field like Tony Robbins, where you think of them as kind of like a celebrity, but all of us are a celebrity to someone. We're all famous to someone, right? We are, um, Seth Godin said once when I saw him speak, it doesn't matter if you're famous. It, may, it matters if you're famous to the family. So mm -hmm. he told a story about being on a car ride and say, or someone was on a car ride and they were saying something about like, oh yeah, you know, Patricia, blah, blah, blah. And everyone in the car knew who Patricia was. So they were all talking about Patricia. I, I'm making up the name and yeah. I'm kind of butchering the story, but you get the point. So it matters if you're famous to the family. It doesn't necessarily matter if you're famous to everyone. So mm -hmm. what's nice about, um, what's nice about Instagram or what's nice about Facebook or, or LinkedIn is those glimpses of behind the scenes 
moments, you know, that you can capture in stories or you can capture in posts and in content because people really do want to know like how they see you as successful. You've written a book, you have a podcast, you have two podcasts that are popular and well-liked. You are getting interviewed on other people's podcasts. You have an exceptional network. They see you as the most successful version of themselves and they want to know how you got there. So they want to see the behind the scenes moments of your life. Mm. Um, My question about engagement was because I'm curious on Instagram, if you feel like maybe I don't know what I'm doing as much on Instagram, maybe that's where we kind of focus this conversation because what I, I can give you a few tips, I think on Instagram that might really help that engagement help get a few more followers to come see your content and help make you feel like so a little less like, oh, I feel all over the place on Instagram. Like, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Yeah, that would be great because um, I, I feel like I know LinkedIn pretty well. Um, not, not that I'm an expert because even though people ask to interview me all the time on LinkedIn, I had one today where someone asked me, um, I like following experts because I'm always learning things from them because the things are always changing, right? Um, but, uh, but you're right. I have no idea what I'm doing with Instagram. I know that's your, probably your strongest area. I've always wanted to interview you about that anyway. So yeah, let's, let's talk. And, and our listeners, those of you listening, if you're on Instagram, uh, I'm sure you can learn from this. And if you're not, uh, I think you need to at least be on there. If you're creating some type of presence, some type of brand, even if it's just among your family, uh, it's, it's a great platform to show off pictures and do stories and stuff like that. So yeah, let's, let's break it down. Cool. Um, so the first thing I went to when I looked at your Instagram for like the two minutes before this interview, uh, was I looked, I don't know if you know this, but if you go to your, if you were to go to my Instagram page and click followers, I'm sorry, click following to see who I'm following. You can also see what hashtags I follow. Oh, okay. So I went to your Instagram real quick and I looked at who you're following. And then I looked at what hashtags you follow. And I wonder if you are engaging inside those hashtags, the communities that surround those hashtags in a, in often or not at all, or sometimes. Um, I also know that you use a few different hashtags often Mm. that are very Andy Storch, like very much like I know, like these are so genuine to you, right? No one else is going to find me from those, right? Yeah. No, I mean, there's the, there's the ones that are super specific that maybe no one will find you from, but there's also ones that are a little more broad and other people are using. So what I would say is make sure you're following those hashtags. Some of the ones that are a little more broad and others are using, but not only that, but spending at least five to 10 minutes a day inside those hashtags, commenting real comments on people's posts inside those hashtags. That's one tip for getting more people to find out who you are and where you are, because the chances are if they're using those hashtags a lot, they might be following those hashtags. And that's one way to get your content in front of someone who doesn't follow you already is if they follow a hashtag that you use frequently. Now, if they follow a hashtag that you use frequently, but your posts are in their feed, but maybe they don't know who you are or whatever, or it doesn't make more sense to them because of who you are, they might just scroll past it. But if you start commenting within these hashtags and they start seeing your face, having more recognition of who you are, um, coming to your profile every once in a while, like, man, that guy's commented on my posts like two or three times now in the last month, I wanna go check out who this person is. Hmm. They're gonna start following you. They're gonna start paying attention. And it's a really, really simple engagement strategy five minutes a day. And it's, uh, it can be very helpful. And I do this regularly and my, my following grows, you know, every single day. Hmm. Okay. That's yeah. That's fantastic. I hadn't thought I follow a few hashtags, but I haven't really thought about going and engaging there. Okay. I like it. Okay. And here's another little tip for you. Um, see so your followers are very devoted to you, right? Like this is the same for most people. Anyone who has built their audience organically, their followers are very, very um, happy to follow the person they're following. 
sometimes we don't follow every person back though, right? Like sometimes we, and I don't think that every follow should require a follow back because Mm -hmm. to be completely honest, there are people that I want to follow and there are people that I don't really care to follow. And I think that Instagram should be one of those places or all social media should be a place where you can follow the things that you're interested in. Right. So I, whenever I say, whenever someone says, should I follow that person back just because they followed me? I say, go to their page and see if you like their content. If you really like their content, then you should follow them. Mm. If, if you, if, or if they're like your student or your friend or something, you know, if you really just like have no desire to look at their content, you don't have to follow them. It's not a rule, but maybe they follow you. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make. Maybe you are helpful to them. Your content interests them. They follow you. So what happens if you're not following someone, but they're following you? Yeah. That means if you are not following them, you might not have a chance to engage in their content because you might not see it. Hmm. So what I suggest you do is at least once a month, look through your followers and pick a few people at random and go in and engage with their content. Or what I like to do is go to my followers and see who has posted stories. You can see because it puts that pink ring around their picture. Go watch their stories and comment something relevant on their stories if something sticks out to you. I don't recommend just commenting just to comment because that's not a way to build real healthy relationships. I do recommend, though, going to people who have posted stories, who are following you, and commenting whenever you have a relevant comment to make. And what happens is this starts another direct message between you and this person, which again, will put your content in front of that person more as Instagram determines that you've built a relationship with that person. Right. And get, get this starts a conversation, which is what I'm more about anyway. Like these people are like, I don't know who these people are and yes. they're following me. Not that I have tons of anonymous followers, but I, I'm into building relationships so that could get a conversation going. And then I may want to follow them because I know who they are now. Exactly. And you know, there, I'm just going to be honest, like some people don't care about building relationships like you and I do, Mm. but if you are like Andy or like me and your desire is actually to build meaningful relationships with your customers or your clients or the people you work with or the people you teach, this is a great way to build those relationships with people and do it in the most authentic and genuine way. Mm. Okay. Using social media. Yep. All right. Uh, Any more? Questions or tips on Instagram? Um, well, I like what, what is your, how do you post? Do you post consistently? Is there like a time of day or a certain amount of times that you post? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Um, I have about posting strategy. I have no consistency whatsoever. Uh, some days I might post twice or two or three times. Um, other days I post, I don't post at all. Um, I do stories most days when I'm actively doing stuff. Um, and I know I could be doing more cause I have plenty of stuff to promote. So, um, I'm curious, like, what do you think as far as like how often to be posting and the hell, the right mix of promotion versus personal, uh, you know, inspiration or something, because I have podcasts and a book and a business, and there are certainly things that I can be promoting. And many people may be following me because of those things and many are not. Uh, and I know that promotional stuff often doesn't get nearly the engagement of other things. So what's the right mix on that? Okay. So that's one thing that I hear often is like the, like when you put out, um, like, let me give you an example. Uh, a person that I was recently auditing their social media, which is a service I offer where we go through like two platforms like we comb it with a fine tooth comb Mm. and we look for trends we look for what their audience is doing how they're behaving how they're behaving to to posts and stories and all of this stuff and it's very customized to that person so what we were seeing was you know that that client was like i feel like when like people like my free stuff but whenever i post something um that either gets them to my email list or gets them to my blog or, you know, brings them to my, my site. I don't get nearly as many likes or comments or anything like that. And so 
I got her credentials. I logged in. I did my whole report. I did my whole assessment. And what I found was that even though more people weren't liking those photos or commenting on them, Mm -hmm. they were driving four times as many people to her website. Wow. And every time she would release something that she's, everyone loves this person. She's a great person. She was just feeling very defeated by the fact that she couldn't see people liking or commenting on it. And she was like, I, I feel like there's crickets here. But when we looked at the analytics, we saw that it was driving tons of website clicks. So Mm -hmm. even though people weren't commenting, even though people weren't liking, they're still going to her website to check out those guides, to check out those blogs and to sign up. And every time she put one out, the numbers showed that like every single time. So my, um, my advice would be don't get discouraged by people not liking or commenting on your promotional things because they're seeing it. And if they see it, they know what you're doing. They know what you are excited about, what you're passionate about, what you're good at. Um, I do recommend putting a, a mix of personal business promotional content in there. And I would also recommend mixing up the type of media. So videos, reels, TikToks, um, you know, on Facebook and Instagram and whatever platform you're on, I would recommend mixing up the media of what you're posting and not just posting still images, not just posting videos, not just posting promotional content, but mix it in. The last thing I would recommend is that you stay consistent with what you're able to do. So my, whenever I start working with someone, I say, pick a number of times a week you're going to post and just stick to it and don't give up. Don't just fall off the face of the earth. But what I don't want to see people do is say, I'm going to post twice a day and then post twice a day, seven days a week. And then they just drop off and they stop posting. That's going to, that's going to skew everything. So what I say is just get Figure out what consistency you can be consistent with. And if that's once a week or three times a week, that's good. Just stay consistent over a period of time because then you can actually look through your analytics and see what works for you. Because what works for Andy does not work the same for Lauren, does not work the same for some of our mutual friends. It's all different, but you have to be able to to look at your content over a period of time where you are consistent in order to test it and see what's actually working for you. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really good. Um, and it's a good reminder. And, um, you know, even I found early on in LinkedIn, when I started getting really serious about creating content on LinkedIn, um, this is more than two years ago, mm-hmm. I committed to posting every day and every weekday. And I started doing that and I would go months and not miss a day. And early on, I was really not getting much engagement. LinkedIn can be tough sometimes. There mm-hmm. were hardly any likes or comments. But then I would see people at sales meetings or conferences or whatever, and they'd say things like, I see your content all the time at the top of my feed. I love all the stuff you're putting out there. Uh, and that was a great, like that would r- really kind of um, encourage me, reinvigorate me that like, you know, it's not just about the likes uh, or the quote number of views or anything like that. Like it's, a, it's about impact and people are still seeing it. And people tell me how they're inspired by some of the content I put out there. And I always love hearing that. And that kind of keeps me going. It's not about the number of followers. It's, it's the impact and just putting that stuff out there. If it's decent, if it's valuable, um, it's entertaining, inspirational, then people are still going to see it and they're going to appreciate it or they'll move on by and they'll unfollow it or, or whatever. And they won't see you as much if they don't like it. Yes, I agree. And I do have a link. I can give you, um, this, resource if you want to include it in the show notes that has the uh it's basically a link to a pdf where people can plan out their next 15 posts Mm. and they are all posts that are really really high engagement posts they work for almost everyone and included with that is a free resource on the instagram algorithm as well Oh, that's great. We, we've been talking, we got to wrap this up soon, but we've been talking a lot about, you know, my, my social media presence and um, promoting stuff. If you maybe you run a business and you're mixing in promotional versus, um, you know, the, the normal, like uh, educate, inspire people, that kind of thing, personal, 
a lot of my listeners are corporate, right? They're not running their own business either. And in my book, I talk about the importance of still going and building a personal brand, you know, posting things on LinkedIn every now and then to show your expertise, your knowledge. Um, I don't know if you've worked with that many corporate clients, but what do you recommend for someone as far as a social media strategy? If you're, you're not trying to grow a business or anything, you're just kind of want to build a brand to maybe help you get your next job. Uh, how do you, how do you recommend people think about that? Well, I definitely recommend that you think of yourself as a personal brand, whether you're in a corporate business or not, um, because even if you don't think you are, you're still building your personal brand. Mm. Like every time you show up online, you're building a reputation for yourself. You're developing what people will say about you when you're not in the room. So I recommend showing your expertise on your social media platforms. It doesn't have to be the sole thing that you post, but bringing value to the table in the form of expertise on your social media platforms will always help you because it will always remind people front and center that you are the person to talk to about this subject. And whether you are working for someone or you're working for yourself, that same rule applies and will take you way far. Yeah. So have a strategy. Think about building a personal brand. Think about your reputation and showcase your knowledge. Find ways to showcase what you're working on, what you know, what you like, what you're doing, um, because that's going to benefit you long term, whether it's, you know, a month from now or even a year from now, people might go back and look at that stuff. Recruiters, you know, potential bosses, things like that. That's all part of your reputation. And one thing, one exercise I like to do, but I mean, you have to kind of think about it for sure and think about how you want to ask the question, but it's to ask a few people who are close to you or who are slightly on the outside of being close to you, what, what is it that you think I do? Or what, what do you think I'm an expert in? Because if you can ask them that question and see what the results are, you can kind of get a feel for what your personal brand is saying to other people. I like that. I might ask people that today. What yeah. do you think I'm an expert in? It's a, it's a risky question. People may be like, I don't think you're an expert in anything other than drinking beer and watching football, but you know, you're pretty good at that. Now you're going to get a really good private question to ask, like text, you know, 15 yeah. people or so. Um, I did this uh, several years ago when I was rebuilding my website. I asked what, like, what do you think makes working with me so special? Like, what is it that you feel I'm an expert in? And I know this sounds like a very self-serving question, but I'm really working on building my brand right now. And I kind of, this is something that I, I'm kind of doing market research on. Yeah. And, and people love helping each other. People love helping others. You like helping others. Um, I remember you were, when you were thinking about making this pivot, you asked me that question and I sent you like a, like three audio notes of like, here's yeah. my assessment of your brand and who you are, like take it or leave it. But like, here's what I think where you could really pivot to. And I was like excited to be able to jump in and give you yeah. some advice and knowing that, you know, you may or may not take it, whatever. Um, no, it was very helpful to me when I asked you that. And I was in a, I was in a weird, like that, that month was my very dark quarantine month where I was asking mm -hmm. myself or not quarantine pandemic month where I was asking myself like, okay, this is my time to figure some stuff out. I need to know what some, I need to know what some trusted people think. And so I reached out to you. I reached out to our mutual friend, Mike, and to several other people and asked them. And the results were interesting. I'll, I'll say that. And I really, you know, I take your advice and everyone's advice or anyone who jumps in to help. I take their advice very seriously. So thank yeah. you for that. Again, another, you, you do all the stuff. I can't wait for you to read my book. Cause you're gonna be like, yeah, I do all these things. I, I tell people. <laughs> you're trying to figure out where you want to go in your career. You got to do a lot of self-reflection, but you need to go talk to people who are close to you and ask for their advice. What do they think? And keep in mind that you don't need to take it, right? right. Because you may want to go start a social media strategy business and your mom thinks you should be an accountant because it's a lot safer, right? But you don't have to take it, but it's important to go ask those people because you might get some great ideas and some great feedback that can really help you. Um, and you would have no idea otherwise. Um, yeah. All right, Lauren. We got to wrap this up um, for people who want to get in touch with you, follow you, maybe come work with you. Where's the best place for them to go? Well, they can find me on Instagram. That's where I love to hang out. That's L Davis Creative. They can find me there. And if they 
want to hang out with me even more or get to know some social media tricks and tips and hacks, they can come join me in my free Facebook group, Understanding Social Media Marketing for Entrepreneurs. And I am in both of those places. Like it's me. I don't have like a, a assistant pretending yeah. to be me or anything. So these are all, it's all me. So come hang out with me and chat it up with me and let's, let's get connected in real life. I love it. Follow uh, Lauren on Instagram. She posts a lot of really cool stuff. Great stories. Um, nice design. Uh, always learn a lot. Uh, last question for you, Lauren. Uh, the name of my book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. When you hear that phrase, own your career or own your life, what does that mean to you? Oh man, I just think it's such a powerful name. I think it's, I think it's so inherently you too, uh, Andy. And I think, well, I'm just really excited that this book is here. And I, when I think of that, I think of, I think what we talked about earlier, just leaning into those things that you feel maybe make you vulnerable, realizing that those are possibly your superpower, mm. leaning into them and getting uncomfortable and, and really taking charge of your life and owning your life. Love it. Uh, Lauren, this has been fantastic. I always, always enjoy my conversations <laughs> with you, whether they're recorded or not. And uh, I look forward to talking more, maybe one day spending some time together at an airport or a pub in London <laughs> again. Um, but until then, uh, take care. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and tuning in. Remember to take some notes, take some action on this. Go do something with your Instagram today, whether it's starting a new account or going and following a hashtag or engaging with some other people's content. Um, take the learning and go take some action. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. <laughs>